let's let's hit it, Gordon. In this episode of the Full Nerd, I'll okay, I screwed that up. All rumor edition. <laughs> In this episode of the Full Nerd, all rumor edition with. Oh damn it! I screwed it up again. <laughs> I need more McDonald's Classic. coffee. We're yeah. not brought to you by McDonald's nope, coffee. Not, not today. And actually, it's way better. Let me tell you, <sighs> it's way better. No, nope. than than that Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I said it. There, I said it. In this episode of the Full Nerd, all rumor edition with Moore's Law is dead. Welcome to episode 221 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Bong, with Tom of Moore's Law is Dead. That is right. That is what I am of. <laughs> and Adam Patrick Murray, controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Uh, Tom, glad to have you here. Uh, I've, I've been listening to your podcast for a bit now. Uh, I'm glad uh, I was able to reach out and, and say, come on the show, because we, we need we need some expertise in the in the rumor mill over here. We, yeah. we don't cover it that often. So and yeah, I, I want to I want to officially get this off the, the table. If you want to see more of uh, Tom's awesome content, go to uh, Moore's Law is Dead YouTube channel. Um, this thing that you're watching right now on YouTube, just do a search for that. And also there's a podcast, which I recommend as well. And that's uh, Broken Silicon, right? You can yeah, find that. Yeah, it's on things. all podcast apps, yeah. yeah. And one drop today with, sadly, it's Bradley, who is actually a leaker in stuff I almost never cover. He's leaked a lot of upcoming stuff about Valve's next VR devices. And so it was Ooh. really fun to compare notes with a different leaker who covers things I just don't. And he had some actually fascinating things to say about AMD's upcoming Phoenix APUs and valve devices that he was aware of that mm. I mean I just I'm not even in that solar system of information but from a from a VR AR point of world point of view e- yes hmm. wouldn't it be cool if you could put an x86 device into a VR headset like the Quest 2 who's already <laughs> building their own operating system that uses a custom APU yeah no I guess I just sort of like it's it feels like, you know, I, I don't want to, like, kill everybody, buzz kill everybody with the VR discussion up front. But as someone who paid $1,000 for an index, I just, I'm kind of like, I, I'm not sure it's quite there yet. I mean, I, I think sort of like let, let, let Facebook and, and, and Apple build it out maybe first, kind of in, instead, because I'm just not sure. Well, I agree right now with the Quest 2. I actually have one, and uh, someone sent it to me, and I was like, this is, you know, the, the previous VR device I had used was a Google Cardboard and then a PlayStation VR 1 open box because my parents already had move controllers behind their TV. So I was like, I don't need to buy the other stuff. I can just take this. And, and, and I mean, it, I will say it's way, 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 way better than, I, than VR was five years ago. That's all I can say. Um, and in terms of like where we're going, um, it has wor- work needs to be done, but I think I think all of them are actually going to do it. I'm actually pretty excited about what Sony and Valve are working on. Huh. Meta should be in charge. They're they're the market share dominator all of a sudden. But I, it just seems a little Intel like inside of Meta right now. A little bit of long roadmaps, no products, delays, not sure what to charge. I don't know. It, it, this is Meta's game to lose, but I'm just, it's weird. I'm seeing a lot of indecisiveness behind the scenes with them. I, yeah, I, to me, you know, this is, of course, this is going to throw people's 
brains for a loop, but I actually am most excited for Apple's entry into this. Because well, I mean, that, they're going to sell a lot of them, I'm sure. They're going to sell a lot of them. They have the iron fist control of everything, and they have their own silicon that nobody else has. Like, you could see, like, this really could sort of, like, they, they could clear the table of competitors with the, with, the, with the VR setup. I think for a setup that's, you know, headset only, I, I clearly, a you know, Index will kick the crap out of it in a lot of ways. But, you know, there's well, probably that's some. What, that's what me and Bradley talked about. I think Sony's not that worried. They're going to make their device. It's going to be good price performance. They're going to have games for it. It's going to run well. And then on the other hand, you have Valve, who doesn't really care. They just want you to download Steam and buy their games, and they are going to make a high-end device, and it's going to be high-end and whatever. The problem is for Meta, Apple is the one that they're directly competing with. And if if all the players right now, for sure, Meta is the most scared of Apple. And I think they really should be. (laughs) They definitely should be, I think, because, you know. But, you know, know, Apple is in that position where they, they actually generally do stuff right out the gate and then sometimes they just crash and burn like with you know 500 gallons of fuel aboard too because you know they, they definitely do that so but yeah well, I, speaking I of crashing and burning sorry i don't you know like could, vr like oh, don't talk about vr i want to talk about <laughs> i want to talk about zen 4 on am4 so well, okay. no, I, well first first up we got intel oh we, we got in- the sorry I, I i had the list wrong for you oh you did yeah Oh, I didn't even. So, oh, yeah. I didn't know there Raptor was Lake a, Intel stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I didn't even realize there was a thing at the bottom. I used the same thing I copied last night. Oh, sorry. sorry, we're going to talk about. So let's talk, start off with Intel. So I'm not even. Tom, this is how professional I am. I don't even pay attention to our our own stream here. <laughs> clearly, uh, so we're going to kick it off with Intel 13th Gen, which is it's Raptor coming. Lake. It's coming. Coming. Yes. Third quarter ish. Maybe. Well, it was supposed to come out. It depends who you ask. I mean, they wanted it to come out September, um, and if they could push it up August. To right now, I mean, just to me, because of the motherboard timeline, I'm aware of. Sounds like it's more like an October product. Do will they do some publicity stunt in September? Well, of course, I would. They announced Alchemist two years before it even came out, so for sure they're going to announce Raptor Lake and have some specs before. But it kind of sounds like it might be a mid to late October launch in terms of like real volume for the K series, and then everything else, laptop, non K, anything that isn't the most expensive enthusiast products, those are coming out quarter one you know earliest so th- that's wow. kind of the time frame there and i think there's a chance amd may actually have a may actually launch before them by like a, up to a month or so well, we'll see though it's still we'll see that's enthusiast so i mean you know traditionally intel will push out well not always but 98 percent of the time they'll push out a an enthusiast part high end because that's they can be less price sensitive there um mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have the mainstream stuff follow. But, I mean, if you're talking, like, September-ish and then not till Q1, that seems like a pretty big gap So to me. Yeah, I mean, parts. you know, I know, like, OEMs like Lenovo and HP have been briefed, and they don't expect to get a... Uh... They don't expect to get basically anything until early next year besides a few of the K desktop series and maybe some of those like desktop replacement 95 watt HX laptop products. So, it, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's the situation, though. But do you think because I understand the marketing of it, if they just come out and they're faster, 
then they have accomplished what they need to because it is generally still a fairly small market of, of people who buy very high-end parts. Do you think that's a successful launch, though? Because, I mean, I, I still think, like, if they come out and they're faster than, than Zen 4 or competitive, you know, who knows Well, where faster at what, though? That's the thing because I'm pretty conflicted about this, you know. I've been following Zen 4 for, uh, uh, we've all been following right. to it in a certain extent for years, but, you know, the kind of through line always was, and especially this cemented itself about a year ago, people I talked to, Zen 5's the big one, Zen 4 is bigger than Zen 3 in terms of like the performance uplift overall. And of course it has to be true because it's also a new platform, which is cool. So that's what Zen 4 is bringing to the table better than Zen 3 increase, which Zen 3 isn't really that far behind Alder Lake, depending on what you're benchmarking. And so is Raptor Lake going to be better if it wins Cinebench single threading by like 10%? I don't know. It, it's so weird. It, it really sounds like multi-threading and single threading, it's going to be trading blows. And it just depends what you're benchmarking. And if, it, if Raptor Lake launches a month after Zen 4... And it brings effectively the same performance while using more energy. Is that a win? Yeah, I, that's why I think the launch time frame actually matters on this one because they're going to be close. <clears throat> Although I think it's better to go second because you sort of see them show their cards first, so you can. I'm sure, you know, they if they see whatever comes out in Zen Four publicly, then they're going to go. Well, okay, we need to. Maybe we need to bend these a little better <laughs> for but a better part, the, you know? But here's the thing, right? AMD is not done. Like, once they launch this, I think they're launching Zen 4 with Vcash in quarter one, quarter two latest. And so Raptor Lake isn't competing with just Zen 4 bog standard. It's competing with Zen 4, Zen 4 Vcash. Who knows if they bring out some, some Zen 4C hybrid thing mid-late next year. Um, we already know Phoenix has its cores on four nanometer. So what does that mean? Could they do a four nanometer refresh with Vcash next year? And then Zen 5, I believe, comes the beginning of 2024 if they want it to, or at least that was the plan. You know, there can always be delays. So it, you look at all of this and you go, uh, actually, Raptor like has to win by a lot for me to think it's safe because it's not. If it uh, if it wins against Zen Four wins in like some benchmarks by five to ten percent loses in others, I can promise you the Vcash model is going to humiliate Raptor Lake, and then it's nothing for a year. So let me and for I know some people don't keep up on all the code names. Uh, I honestly have a hard time keeping on top of them. Raptor Lake is thirteenth gen, and what's the expected core count on that? It's going to be a eight plus sixteen, right? And that's sort of the rumor. Eight, so yeah. eight performance cores, 16, eight, uh, 16 uh, efficiency cores. And, and that one's interesting because over a year, a year and a half ago, some a couple sources I had were like telling me about things, and they're like Raptor Lake. And no one really knew much about Raptor Lake. It was clearly not something with like years. Oh, they all have years of development. But, you know, it wasn't something with like five years of an on-ramp like Meteor Lake where I leaked the Redwood Cove which is the core architect, big core architecture name for it in 2020. This was like a thing that popped up. And then they're like, I guess it's called Raptor Cove and no one was sure. And then I like saw one, I guess I shouldn't say what I, what I saw that proved it, but I saw something from a contact that showed 16 little cores. And that's when I put together that leak and summarized the info. Cause I was like, Oh, 
16, that's not just a small follow-up. It's a above average. This isn't like, you know, a refresh that's 10% better. This is going to bring like 30, 40% higher multi-threading because it's doubling little cores. And that's when I realized it's going to probably at least trade blows with Zen 4. So it's been an interesting one to follow for that reason. Yeah, I don't know if I got off. I just wanted to like kind of put out that there's been like this one-year thing of like, from the beginning, it seemed like it was definitely going to challenge Zen Four. Do you what's so so we're so for so people understand it when we're talking the high end launch part, it'll be eight plus sixteen. What's Zen Four going to be expectations? I mean, they've obviously shown a lot of cards already, but clearly high clocks, sixteen cores. I forget it's only been a month. Yeah, right. right. That right. That was your question. It's just summarizing what it, what we got. Not so asking. If we think about it. Alder Lake right now is eight plus eight, eight big, eight little. Alder Lake has big cores that are, I don't know, twenty percent better than Zen three. Right. I don't know what its IBC really is in terms of how much better. It would depend on the app, and it's really performance per clock, not even IPC. It's like ten percent better, maybe. But then Alder Lake's clocked like ten percent faster, also than Zen three, and that's where you get some of these twenty percent wins here and there. And then it also has the little cores, which are kind of like lower clocked Skylake cores with no hyper threading in their performance. It's just funny to see like a 6,700 K core is now right. considered this little baby throwaway <laughs> core. Um, we've definitely had progress in the past five years. So then what Intel is going to do is bring out Raptor Lake. You know, we're talking small IPC increases, but it will have it slightly higher clocks. I think probably, I think I've, I don't really change anything I've said since a year ago, eight to 15% higher single threading on the eight big cores, but then they're doubling little cores. The little cores will be clocked faster. They will have more cash, just like the big cores. I don't know what that really means for IPC and like sustained boost clocks. Cause I mean, I, it's on the same note as Alder Lake. So for sure it's going to use more energy. If you add more cash, double the little cores. So I don't know though, but in bursts, I could see it being, you know, 40% better in multi-threading. Then we look at Zen four. It's the same design. In fact, if you were, to see a leak of a picture of Zen 4 a year ago, you probably just think someone added some gold coloring to a Zen 3, <laughs> a deleted Zen 3 chip. It's just 16 cores again, but now we're looking at, I, I want to say 20% plus single 30 increase, which everyone's going to argue with me in the comments about that, but I'd be happy to elaborate on that. And then multi-threading is huh. like, what what have I said? I think I've always said it's like between 30 and 40% higher multi-threading. So, but think about what I'm saying, right? Raptor Lake brings 8 to 15% higher single threading and 30 to 40% higher multi-threading. Zen 4 brings 20% plus single threading, 30 to 40% higher multi-threading. It's, it's going to be close. And I think yeah. in some apps, especially AVX 512, Zen 4 is going to walk away with some multi-threading wins, even though it's competing with 24 Intel cores. But... Uh... But the only thing that matters is Cinebench, though, right? Because if you run, I mean, I and I, I, to me, it's it's very cynical now because I mean, Intel, there's the AMD does not believe that Babco and Sysmark exist unless a long, long, long-standing beef with them. Intel basically does not believe that Cinebench exists now, too, because they. Even well, they though, both pretend it does or doesn't <clears throat> exist, depending on the generation, which I find hilarious. Right, but I, I just kind of think like. For the way the hardware community sees things is they're so hyper-focused on Cinebench performance. And if Raptor Lake is 10% faster than Zen 4 in Cinebench, ooh, they win. All right, that's a huge win, right? To me, that's- Which is why no one's buying the 5800X3D, right? 
<laughs> I mean, well, I just I can't the believe the opinions I'm seeing right now where people are like, Cinebench is the best test of gaming IPC. Really? Because then no one should buy a 5800 X3D. Guys, we just had a CPU launch <laughs> that proves what you're talking about is bullshit. Okay? <laughs> Cinebench is not a game. And by the way, when people use Cinebench, they use a GPU with it. They're not using one core I, or one thread even. I mean, this is like I, the armchair CEO in here. I, I don't understand. Tom, it's clear that you are an Intel fanboy. And if you <laughs> don't believe that Cinebench uh, is important because it was so much important when I had a 5950X, then like we could talk Cinebench all day and going up against Comet Lake, right? This, I, in, <laughs> well, I have an Alder Lake system right here. I chose it over the 5800X3D for my benchmarking station. So I don't even really recommend the 5800X3D to most people that ask. I really see it as something for upgrading an existing system. Everything else, I kind of recommend Alder Lake right now. Yeah. But yeah, because I don't, you know, but then that's when I was an Intel fanboy. Yeah. Remember, a year ago, I was an Intel fanboy. <laughs> and now that I point out that Cinebench is just one benchmark, and if you're looking at the single threading, this is a complete waste of like no one uses a single thread on uh i'm done i gotta stop no i know i you know and i i i i understand because you know it's you're often the you're called a a fanboy depending on what perspective they're from because you can be all things to the you know people it's that momentary time they just want to start screaming at you that you're an intel slash amd slash nvidia fanboy which is like uh I'm not sure how that works, but okay. Let me, let me throw one more thing in there about this, because it really is an axe I have to grind. Like, my favorite thing about accusing me of being an Intel fanboy or, like, hating on Raptor Lake is, like, all Raptor Lake leaks originated from me, dipshit. So, <laughs> like, yes, I'm aware how Raptor Lake will perform. I'm aware how, Al like, I'm the one who leaked Raptor Lake and Meteor Lake's Redwood Cove in 2020. Like, I'm aware. I'm aware how it's going to perform, guys. I just still think... Maybe Cinebench isn't the end-all be-all. And if AMD loses single threading, and, and I mean like literally single threading, not even single coring, if you will. If they lose single threading in a few apps by even 10%, I don't think it matters when they have Vcash coming. Yeah, no, that it's a really good point. And, and I will say uh, I, I am actually kind of surprised that AMD is showing to be in a pretty good position as they are post Alder Lake because this is you know in Alder Lake I know people they look down on it for some reason because of the you know power consumption or certain loads but my feeling is like from for Intel it was proof that it could still do it it could go in the first place it has and it's really just killing it on, on the low cost on the lower cost options right they're just killing mm -hmm. the, and I think they still the can value. with Raptor Lake by the way I think the Raptor Lake i5s are going to be six little core six big cores eight little cores for like 280 bucks. I'm not really sure how AMD competes with that unless they're willing to make an eight core Zen 4 250, which maybe, but probably not because it's expensive on five nanometer. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if, do you think that's part of their strategy? With this is Intel. Cause I mean, people love to talk about I nine, but you know, that's like a minor, minor part of the customer base. I five and I three is where you just sell a, a chunk more CPUs. I kind of wonder if, that's that's their strategy is just to kill them on the on the on the entry level and mid range. Well, I think Intel wants to kill them on everything. Well, but if yeah. that's all they can do, you know, <laughs> they'll be happy to. And I think AMD is always balancing like supply margins and long term like planning when they price their things out because I remember actually when Alder Lake launched and everyone was like, Well, AMD has to lower prices now and I said 
I don't think they do because there's shortages. Intel, all of the Alder Lake CPUs are on boats. All of AMD's CPUs are on shelves. And AMD CPUs sold out last Christmas, even though I think Alder Lake was better. And so I think you've got to remember that AMD now kind of is, which is insane for me. I've never seen this in my life. AMD kind of has the enthusiast mindshare now, at least in CPUs, not GPUs, but definitely in CPUs where people are like, ooh, what's the new Ryzen? You know, I it's pretty consistent. And so if AMD is like, well, to really compete with the Raptor Lake i5, we need to make our Zen 4 8-core $250. I think they'll go, do we want to do that? Or do we just want to send most of our 8-core yields to Epic, where we're making more money, make it 350 supply less? It's going to sell out anyways. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And why? I mean, to me, that's why you you still keep Zen 3 around, to be honest. Because, I mean, if you're mid-range anyway... Every damn CPU you can get is just awesome sauce anyway. So why just just buy Zen 3 if the price is super attractive against Alder Lake? And I think people forget how insane the margins are on Zen 3. <laughs> like well, I, they, I don't know what they are because I, I don't pay too close Well, let's attention. put things in perspective. The 6600 XT, I think now it's going below MSRP, so that's cool. But let's just say it launched. It did launch at 380. I'm pretty sure it had 50% margins. That was a GPU that was actually... It is a smaller die than the 5700 XT. It was meant to be like a $300, $350 card, but because of the state of the market, they were like, we can charge an extra 30, 50 bucks. That card has 237 millimeters squared of seven nanometer silicon. The Zen 3 chiplets are 80 millimeters squared each or 81 or something. So think that's... 160 millimeter squared of seven nanometer silicon that they're selling for eight hundred dollars in the 5950x and they don't need to include a cooler the 6650x has to have a cooler pcb all this expensive stuff so well they do also have the 12 nanometer io die well they also have to do that packaging and multiple chiplets there's no way that costs as much as putting a dual fan and shipping a bigger box for the 66. So, th- so they're making like, I mean, I think they're making 100% markup on that eight core. Uh, I, I mean, on all, on most of Zen three. And so if they, people need to remember if they want to cut prices, I mean, I mean, they had, what is it? The, uh, 3500 x or something in zen 2 for like 150 they can do it again they just have not had to and they can't keep anything in stock even with lower prices they can't keep it in stock so if it ever stays in stock i don't think you can discount the chance they'll just start putting out zen 3 skus for under 200 and to me that's a good idea to combat i3s and i5s but i mean i know that because initially they didn't really do much uh trims to the prices but 5950Xs are <laughs> down to $500 now. So, and then the 5900Xs are, I mean, I really sort of blunted the X3D launch because it's like, eh, I like this X3D, but give me a 5900X instead because it's like, it's a, it's a, you're getting way more a core count. But then we're getting into like, do you really need 12 cores in your system? You know, uh, what are you doing? I'm using Chrome Office and I play games. Then, okay. You know, it's, all I go back to is at above 500 bucks, the 5950X is still selling for 50% more than the 6650XT that has, I mean, it's way cheaper to make. Yeah. So, yeah. And ship, and shipping prices are up. It's this big. I mean, my God, the, the profits they're making on Zen 3 still. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're definitely, they're, 
they are um it's it's good and i know people always want companies to price things what they they feel is a is a fair price to manufacture them but also you know these companies go through they go through they go through droughts and they go through monsoons and sometimes it's good to let them like rebuild their their war chest for making better and newer products so if you if they immediately were to sell it for 10% over manufacturer not including of course all the marketing and R&D too but it seems like that's not generally what your investors tell you to do so no and like doing this now well it's still arguably a fair price relative to the competition means that if they have to launch a couple of things with say 20% markup instead of 50 they can afford to unlike with the bulldozer through pile driver GCN days where they were just I mean, they, they were selling stuff at cost half the time, and they almost, they almost went bankrupt. So we don't want to see that again. Yeah, and and I do want to point out for, uh, you know, because if, if you're a really, really old-timer, I don't want to date myself, but I've seen AMD go through two wins, and the previous wins, they were clearly ahead of Intel. Um, and then, you know, uh, with FX, you know, 64s, they were definitely ahead of intel and you you were a winner if you bought uh, amd and you were a loser if you bought a pentium 4 and then with both those previous cycles they went from like oh everybody's hero to suddenly everybody's loser because i mean bull because you mentioned bulldozer there and those bulldozer parts were just you know there was a it was a rough rough time for amd so i i just kind of think like that's what sort of surprises me now with your feelings on raptor lake versus uh, zen 4 is because they're not going away because I think some people sort of assume like, wow, Intel's back. They got Alder Lake, which is, an, you know, it's an amazing comeback story. But I think some people are like saying, oh, yeah, they're going to run away with it now. I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, uh, is it an amazing comeback story? This isn't a core two situation where they were like using less energy and won by. I mean, they won, but it's like 20 percent win launching a year and like a year after the competition using more energy. I don't know that that's like uh, it's almost comparable to the GTX 480. It's like, I guess you won a year later using more energy. Congrats. But to me, the reason why uh, I I would ascribe it to be a, a great success and a, an amazing comeback is because you're <laughs> when you go through Losing season after losing season of 7th gen, 8th gen, 9th gen, 10th gen, and just like, just completely like, you know, because a lot of people remember this is Intel and they've been doing this for a long time and they've been winning for a long time. And a lot of the people sort of expected like, yeah, they're going to come back. And then it's like, oh, no. And then like after like losing season after losing season, I think a lot of people really lost face. Like the really people thought like, can they even do it anymore? Can they even make anything worth a damn? Right. Because I mean, like 10th gen was like and then, of course, Rocket Lake was like the ultimate like it was just sort of like, oh, my God, like, are you ever going to do anything right again? And then to me, the comeback is, man, this is a good part. It definitely could stand. And there's definitely a lot of reasons to buy Alder Lake over, you know, Zen 3. So to me, that's what's success because <laughs> they still showed they had it to me. And that to me is why it's a success, because if 12th gen had just been simply like a redo of Comet Lake and Rocket Lake, it would have been like, oh my God, you know, this is like, this is like, I, I would have called Intel's future a little bit into question. Yeah, no, and that actually. they were, and I know that sounds like insane, yeah. but 
uh, honestly, the, for me, I just remember seeing Zen Plus. I think it was one of my first videos, probably only got like 5,000, 10,000 views um, like years ago. And I said, the fact that anyone's comparing the 9900K to the 2700X is comical. This is a $500 CPU that uses more energy that requires you to buy another cooler being compared to a $300. I mean, this is like if we were comparing a Titan to a $500 GPU and it's like, I'm and I all the way back then, and this is when I got the most accusations of being an AMD fanboy. I was like, guys, peace out on Intel for three years. Like these products take years to make. If this is where AMD's at now, Zen 2 is going to make this a complete joke and it's just going to keep getting worse for, you know. And for me, Alder Lake was actually, you know, I my first Alder Lake leak was called the next Sandy Bridge. So I expected big things out of Alder Lake. I, I, I really, when I heard 20% higher IPC, Oh, and that was over like Tiger Lake and Ice Lake, which is also higher than Sky Lake. Um, I was like, I was really excited for it. And, and, and I'm just saying all this to say, I actually thought Intel would be doing better now than they Oh, are really? Because um, <laughs> Alder Lake's cool, but you know, so was Phenom too. And that launched right before Bulldozer. And I'm starting to get a little bit of Phenom 2 vibes here. If you go look up some reviews of Phenom 2 on Anantech, they're literally the same titles of articles for Alder Lake, AMD period is period back i think <laughs> anantech used the same name for intel and when i hear that sapphire rapids which is everyone listening if you want to play armchair ceo guys this is the real war sapphire rapids goes up to now 60 cores not just 56 mid next year it will be competing with 96 core zen 4 vcash genoa x and you're telling me alder lake is a comeback story i, I hope well, on I client. just hope it's not Phenom too. On client, and I, yeah, I don't think I remember that CPU from AMD being. I probably would not have said it was that awesome. <laughs> sure. It won gaming, and it was more efficient. I can't remember because that was such a. It's been that spot has been um, re, that memory cell has been replaced in my brain, so I can't remember. I don't remember with the fond memories. Although I like your Sandy Bridge comparison because it really does. Like well, this go look is, up Sandy Bridge reviews. They said this sucks because it's too expensive. Yeah, just well. Let me. But tell now you. we remember it well because now we know Bulldozer came out and it was you know let like oh it's funny how people what people think when things come out and then what they remember and and I'm just saying like if AMD can win by this much in server, I don't know why we're so sure they can't start doing some crazy things in desktop. This is a company with like a tenth the employees of Intel. This yeah. is a company that Renoir still used Vega, and so did Saison. Like, how lazy is that? They've had Vcash prototypes for over a year. I just, let's wait until they show Phoenix. Let's wait it. Like, because I think you got, like, no, I think Zen 4 is the last of resurgent AMD. Zen 5 is when you see AMD spend four times as much as on R&D and go, no i mean look at all the projects intel just throws away like where's ponte vecchio lakefield was like the first 3d stack design with big little and it didn't even work like what if amd put an effort and actually made a specific product that killed it in a market because that's what they're about to do van gogh phoenix little phoenix we've got all these other things coming out for specific customers amd hasn't really been making a lot of custom products that they could have been making until now and i think intel if they don't start launching things on time, it's going to have a really, really rude awakening when they put even half as much effort into desktop, laptop, 
and other parts as they have been into server. Because they're just making smaller versions of server chips and still winning gaming, which is pathetic. Like, that's all they're doing is making a smaller server chip. And the fact that they won gaming, it's like, oh, my God, Intel, get your act together. Like, what happens if they try to make a gaming chip? Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, Intel can, they have a lot of room for missing, right? They have a lot of resources that they can miss. Because, yeah, they've had a lot of big misses. So, I, I AMD definitely, they can't, they everything has got to be laser focused and, and achieve success almost for them to really sort of make it. Where I mean, I'm just, but I guess I, I just can't, I can't let it go because to me, Alder Lake, I, and maybe it's just because I, I had such low expectations initially because I really thought like, like your whole idea is to take eight big cores and jam, you know, some eight atoms on there. I mean, it just felt like this is like nothing but adding up to loser, loserville, right? So to, to actually be able to have a, a good CPU, albeit, you know, more power consumer power i thought was sometimes still, I, I don't want people yeah. to i'm not it's actually more efficient sometimes yeah it, it can't be not as bad as i may have made it sound but i, I just kind of think like to me it's still a comeback story because i i i had all but written them off after the last few cycles so but yeah no i no and but it is that's the cool story about amd is they're I, they're not going away they are not going away right and this is this goes back to what mark papermaster said when they first came out was in is like you know in the old days a Intel, we'd catch up to Intel, and they'd like, hey, let's, let's notch it up with the process, and bye-bye, right? And that's what would happen. And, like, Moore's Law is dead or slowing down. They can't do that anymore. And it's interesting, like, five years later, it's like they're not able to just kind of, like, you know, get on their, their process boosters and just jump away from AMD anymore. So, I mean... That's you- what I'm saying, right? When I look at the roadmaps right now... I go, this looks worse than it did a year ago, even if Alder Lake's cool. I mean, that's really how I would summarize what I'm talking about. And again, it's 96-core Genoa X versus 60-core Sapphire Rapids. And then I guess early 2024, we got Zen 5 Turin versus, which I think at least goes up to 192 cores. I have someone telling me it's 256 cores. Now I'm wondering if that's just Zen 5C. doesn't matter. That's a lot more than 64 cores in Emerald Rapids. And I don't know how they're going to compete with like Vcash 192 core plus Zen 5 versus 64 core Emerald Rapids, which just uses basically the cores in Raptor, like I'm pretty sure. So, and then what happens after that? Like, it sounds way worse than Rome versus Cascade Lake X to me. Yeah. And then the thing is, like, I actually was like, you know, because I, I concentrate mostly on desktop PCs and mobile. And it's like, oh, you know, I, you know, generally it's like if I were to, to look at it, it's like oh things look pretty good for intel but then i was listening to your podcast like oh like sapphire sapphire rapids is pushed off till next year next now? year yeah that was a funny thing i was already reporting <sighs> that it sounds like it's slipping and then like a couple weeks later intel confirmed it it's like and it's more than i thought it would too it, it always seems to by the way i'm always like balancing the intel sources who are excited with the ones who are like you know, on suicide watch. And then it's like in the middle, I hope is where the truth is. And then it just ends up where's out. Al- where's Ponte Vecchio? I don't know, but I guess we're going to announce Falcon shores for 2024 for some reason. Um, I just kind of, yeah. Can we, uh, I'm sorry. We're throwing a lot of code names. Falcon shores is so P- GPU, CPU. 
I think it's like the follow-up to like I don't even remember. It's like some crazy concept thing that looks similar to like Ponte Vecchio, which is okay. like that 47 chiplet mega thing that will never come out. And then that's going to be succeeded by the PowerPoint for Rialto Bridge that will never come out. And then the Falcon Shores is the new PowerPoint product from Intel. Okay. No, I. but I'm just generally like you had you, you, you said a lot of stuff was like it, it's feeling like it's feeling like, um, you know, 13th gen and. And next gen is it's feeling like Ice Lake, like these first parts are going to be like oh, because Ice Lake was like the best thing he had was like well it's way better than, <laughs> it's way better than than uh, uh, God I can't even remember what the hell the you know the the seventh gen retreads you know plus oh, yeah. parts you know so like. Um, well, I want to be clear. I'm not hating on Raptor Lake. I think Raptor Lake is going to be competitive with Zen Four. I think it's going to have a lot of products that crush it and. In the mid range, and I think we need to wait to see the full platform and pricing. I think Zen Four and Raptor Lake are competitive. I'm just thinking about what happens after that because, from my perspective, it was going to be, you know, Raptor Lake could win, and then Intel starts trading blows with AMD for years. I don't really care if Intel wins for a month and then loses for three years again, and, and that's what concerns me. So again, a lot. Anyone listening. My sentiment is thinking about what happens after Raptor Lake. I don't think Raptor Lake will be bad. Huh. Okay. You think that that's when AMD strikes back with um, Vcash versions of Zen 4, and that's that's going to pretty much nail Raptor Lake, and then, then of course, we're going to get on to Zen 5 in 2024 too, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does sound pretty bad, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm like... Meteor Lake sounded great for laptop and, and desktop, but now desktop Meteor Lake sounds like it's end of next year, if not canceled. And then laptop Meteor Lake is supposed to be beginning of this year, but now it sounds like it's more like mid this year, which mid this year in Intel speak is probably quarter three. And if that's true, then that means four nanometer Phoenix just gets carte blanche on the laptop market for half a year. And it's not like they're going to stop. Then we get Strix point and the point that comes after that. So... It sounds like so much gloom and gloom. Like let, we should. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's it always helps to put some things in perspective too, because a lot of it, it always, you know, when you're when you're sort of like if you're actually watching this stream, you're you you clearly care about PC hardware. You're like you like to follow the rumors. You like to collect every single little data point on it. You get the Best Buy. You get the Costco. They, like they they buy an Intel badge because it's like it's got a, it's got Intel inside. It's like I, I sort of like still think after all these years, like Ryzen really could have done way more damage to me. I, f- I feel like to Intel, except TSMC couldn't make enough of them to like. Remember, there's after five thousand launch, you couldn't buy the damn thing for four months for at the high end. So it, it feels like they still just don't have the capacity to really really hurt Intel. You know. Well, I mean, they are hurting Intel, but no, they're not. And I don't foresee them ever likely putting Intel out of business. Although I would say, you know, IBM's still in business too, but they're not exactly in everyone's personal PC. So that's what I think Intel has to worry about is this death by a thousand cuts over 10 years. Like AMD can't win overnight. No company really can. I mean, what hasn't like NVIDIA taken like 80% of the GPU market year after year and AMD's still trucking fine. So this idea of like AMD taking, like they're not going to, but like in 10 years, could we be looking at Intel, how we look at IBM? I 
I, I shouldn't say I hope not, yes or not, because if they do, then I'm sure another company will rise up and take their place. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think that's what people got to think about and remember that, yes, they can't make enough chips, but that's a good problem to have compared to selling your eight cores for $120 with Piledriver. Yeah, no, that is definitely a, a, a good problem to have, but I, I, I kind of wish... I'm sure they were like, mm, oh, I wish we could like have, you know, three times the orders because they really, really just like would have been a huge dent. I mean, I think AMD, to me, the big success now is mobile because in my entire lifetime, I've never seen AMD have the success they are with laptops and they are just killing it on laptops. Design wins everywhere, premium and that for, you know, for regular, you know, Joe and Jane uh, consumers is kind of what they're buying. So that to me, that's... That's probably where they're doing more damage than it's like these, you know, people focus on K and X parts, but that's that's not what really, you know, moves most of the the world. So, I, I want to address. Can I address a, a person in the live chat? Yeah, please. So where is it? So Dustin Young says, "Imagine Intel shelling out all the cash for TSM's three na- three nanometer." I don't know, Dustin. How about we imagine Intel shelling out all the cash for TSMC six nanometer for Alchemist? That saved them, right? <laughs> It doesn't matter what they buy. They have to launch it. Like, this is Intel's problem. Launch the product. See, but like, that's... It I, doesn't matter. It, it, TSMC isn't going to let you buy the capacity and then not use it. That's not how the contract works. They have to use it. In fact, when I, la- when I was the first one to leak that Alchemist used 6 nanometer, they wanted to be the launch partner of 6 nanometer. They wanted to be like, we're Intel and we're the first to 6 nanometer on TSMC. And the 6500 XT just accidentally launched before it <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, intel cannot buy their way out of this problem amd is a higher partner go look up the pie charts guys amd is like six times the capacity or something of intel no intel's not just going to buy up all three nanometer not use it and then CS- tsmc is like you're right we just won't use our factories like this is they have to launch products on time with working software until they do that there is no band-aid yeah, actually making products to sell is always kind of a key part of staying in business. So that's and <laughs> that to me is a good segue to to and it's not not officially on this list, but like Arc because we're all sort of on Intel. But I mean, I I like I hate to get all doomy and gloomy. But like what what is up with Arc? What what what's what's going on there? What are you hearing? Because I mean, we have that part that launched in one store apparently. Uh, in China, <laughs> in and they had five or something, and yet I, I like I don't. There's something weird about like this. The arc launch is like it's feeling like not great, right? I mean, what's what, what are you hearing? Do you how how would you grade it? And first, when do you think we're actually going to see these damn things? And how what about pricing? Well, first of all, B Maj says I just scorched Dustin. I did not scorch Dustin. I'm just a <laughs> naturally combative in person, so I'm not mad at Dustin. But I do see that all the time people say that. But anyways, back to Alchemist. I mean, look, I leaked the 512 execution unit. I don't remember if I said 6 nanometer in that first leak, but I might have. 256-bit, 16 gigabyte, trying to be as good as a 3070 card in late 2020. That's when I leaked the top Alchemist specs. And in early, I believe the first half of 2021, I leaked pictures of the cooler, which now they're showing a different cooler, but it still appears every now and then in leaked pictures in factories. I didn't think when I leaked that cooler that it would be a year later and it wouldn't be out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, I did not think so. Like, and, you know, that was a lot of work, too. I took descriptions of it 
from multiple sources and then had a renderer piece it together with me over the course of a month so I could leak it before I even had a picture. And it looked just like it. That was a, a big coup for a leak right there. Like, like kind of just trying to download info from people's brains without a picture. Like, but I, I so maybe that's why it was so early, but I don't know. I, I think Alchemist, it was definitely supposed to be out by the end of last year. They lied to their investors, in my opinion, and said it would be out in quarter one. Um, and now it's still, it's like kind of out in laptop a little bit. Everything, it's funny though, June's almost over. Oh my God. They briefed OEMs a month ago and said it's launching this month. So I don't know what to tell you guys. June's almost over. <laughs> the way I look at it is rolling launches on laptop through July and some desktop drops. It will definitely be out by the end of August. That's all I can say. And its performance is all over the place. And, you know, I leaked that it was... They were trying to have a 3070 Ti competitor. There are some leaked benchmarks that show their cut down cards competing with the 3060, being close to a 3070, and like 3D Mark. That's honestly, I'll just admit, where a lot of the most exciting benchmarks were a year ago is Intel did really well in 3D Mark benchmarks. Um, and then I had a source tell me about, I don't know, let's say half a year ago that they got briefed on it and they were showing off games. And I don't want to say the games because I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but I'll give an example. It was like they showed Assassin's Creed 2 or 3 instead of 4 or 5. Like, why are they showing a benchmark on Assassin's Creed 3 in 2020 or something? <laughs> like, that was so weird. And Well, yeah, like 2021. So there was clearly something wrong with the drivers as recent as half a year ago because they were only showing off, like, again, like right. Battlefield Hardline, not even, like, not even Battlefield 5. Like, that's so weird. And so we're at this state where they're still optimizing drivers, and I think you're seeing them launch ARC in places it has to sell well, which is laptop, and they're not going to launch to desktop until they have a good they have the software working perfectly, which might be one month before Lovelace comes out. And then they'll launch it, sell it probably below cost just to get good reviews. And then they'll only be on the market for a couple months. I think that's it. I think that's what you guys can expect from Alchemist. It will probably help the market for a month. Hopefully they can get good reviews so people don't remember them badly. But this wasn't some like much needed injection of volume in quarter one during the shortages like it should have been. Yeah, no, I mean, it really went from, could have been an immediate success no matter what the state of the drivers and performance was if it just came out at the right time. And the timing is, timing is everything. And <laughs> this is not it, it feels like. So I, I don't know where, it doesn't give you any, I don't, I don't think it gives anybody sort of the, the good vibes it did a year and a half ago. I mean, did it just you know did it have good vibes most of my alchemist leaks people said this is never coming out so if it does all the haters are wrong like the fact that it launched at all is in my opinion better than what most people expected including some of my contacts who were just big doubters like larabee and all this other like it's gonna i'm like no it's gonna launch it's just the truth is, it seems like it's in the middle. Half of the people said it was never coming out. The other half said Intel's going to crush everyone like usual. And uh, I think what we're seeing is it is coming out, and it's. Eh, I, I just know. yeah, I I just think that like if this if it had come out at thirty sixty ish performance eight months ago, Intel would have been a hero, right? It could have been any performance. Yeah, it could have been <laughs> it any could performance sell for a reasonable price. But now know? to to come out in the in the launch in the midst of you know, NVIDIA and, and AMD 
launching new GPUs as well, it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be really rough. So, well, I mean, I've always heard they're going to sell it at the price it needs to be at. Remember, they're only making four million of them, which is like not a lot, right. you know, guys. Usually, there's like twenty, like ten to twenty million sold per quarter or something. So they're like they're barely touching it. So they can afford to sell them at a loss because they're not making too many. And so you can say it doesn't matter, but it's like, well, if they launch a thirty seventy competitor with sixteen gigabytes for under four hundred, I think that could be cool for a month. But you're right. Like this isn't, and if it's really, really good at encoding and stuff, that's also right. Something right, but no, it's not going to dominate anything. But yeah, I, I just my 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 problem is, it's just like, couldn't you have just done this thing months earlier? Because then it could have like shaken things up, and then, and then I really think like, you know, Nvidia more than AMD, they're they are going to try to curb stomp. Uh, arc no matter what like either with pricing or availability or performance there you know nvidia does not play around they're they're probably one of the most competitive one of the companies with the the harshest competitive streaks i can think of like they they will go out of their way just to 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 beat you even if it makes no sense because they don't like to lose and i just kind of feel like it they're going to come out and, and find some way to really just stomp on whatever art comes out at and or do they just or does nvidia just go like oh we don't even care at this point because it's like this part is like nowhere so i i think that's a little bit at what they're at i will say a few months ago i got a lot of tips that nvidia was kind of pulling a geforce partner program on intel which is crazy to try to do that to Intel, the creator of shady dealings. Like you really want to play hardball with them, but they have been, but I'll say this NVIDIA is very threatened by arc because they know they have the mind share to dominate OEMs in a way that they don't want. They don't want to lose that stranglehold on laptop GPUs. And they know if Intel gets in there, AMD has APUs they can bundle too. So, so NVIDIA is very threatened. And I think, They'll consider, they were considering a whole host of things for a while. I just, I, I agree. I don't know how much they care. I honestly think right now they're probably borderline at, hey, if it actually comes out before we're ready, let's just cut prices on Ampere and clear stock. Uh, that's probably what they're thinking now because it's a little too late to do anything drastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I don't even think I've stuck to the script here. We, we're like, well, I, I know you wanted to talk about uh, the uh, Zen Four on Aim Four. Right? Oh, uh, yeah, that that kind of stuff in RDNA Three. We haven't touched on. That. I do want to get to a couple of super chats real oh, quick. Okay, uh, Esco Monster gave us uh, twenty Danish Kron. Thank you so much. I said uh, Gordon should get a haircut. Uh, <laughs> um, Are you sure he's not talking about me? Because my hair looks pretty scraggly right now. I, don't know. I have <laughs> hair. <laughs> Gordon Gordon needs a fresh shave. Uh, uh, Denvera. One G one gave us two dollars. Thank you so much. Said uh, Lakefield was amazing. It was just too expensive. Uh, and uh, Chaos the Bomb. I, I don't think it's Brad Charkis. I think it's Chaos the Bomb. Gave us five Canadian dollars. Thank you so much. Said uh, Hi from Calgary. Uh, great seeing Tom on the show. Yeah. Uh, the the rest of the questions I will get to the Q and A part. Uh, but yeah. Okay, Gordon. So what about AMD? I definitely want to ask this because uh, there were a lot of rumors um, of. And recently of uh, Zen 4 coming to AM4, I was kind of like, I really have some reservations about that even happening. And I th- Me too. I, I just like disregarded them when I saw them in the Moore's Law yeah. Discord. I was like, huh? The, yeah, first there was a report that it's going to happen. And then I think Robert Halleck even said like, 
we're going to do something we don't know it's possible and it's sort of like I'm he not said really... we reserve the right to release more products on am4 but we have nothing to announce at this time a lot right. of people have been reading too much into some of those robert halleck am4 things yeah and then of course i think the latest you know manipulation by my google news feed was something about like oh it's not going to happen the, the latest thing was like i don't know what the site was but it just kind of scrolled through saying zen zen 4 on am4 ain't going to happen now is what what the, the latest kind of blow up well what's what's your opinion on on amd putting its its newest <laughs> ryzen 7000 onto existing am4 sockets so, I mean, I, I was the same as you. I, and, you know, tons of random rumors pop up all the time. And I just remember seeing that one and going, why are people talking about this doesn't make any sense, whatever. But before I recorded the recent podcast, again, with sadly as Bradley on Broken Silicon, one of the questions asked it again. And sometimes before I record a podcast or live stream, I throw out a question to a few contacts and go, is, is there any ch like, what is this about? And some people, the general consensus is there's not a ton of smoke at like the impending launch level. So like, I don't know of any partners right now being briefed. Hey, this is, you know, the 7950X AM4 edition. So anyone thinking that there's like some grand plan to launch right, like very soon, it's not made, like they're not briefing people on it. But then I, I had a contact and I don't want to say too much because I want to do a, I might do a full analysis on it this week. Wait, where can to... we, where, where can we hear that analysis again? Uh, on Moore's Law is Dead, which is the YouTube channel. And then, of course, <laughs> I've already talked about it a little bit on the recent Broken Silicon there as well. But the, the, the point, there's two reasons I don't want to talk too much. It's number one, because I'm not sure. And number two, because, you, you know, until you round all the wagons and form a full opinion, you could come to a wildly different conclusion. But what I will say is it's not apparently all hogwash. Apparently, AMD was at, at least was actively considering this in a real way. Like not this isn't like, oh, it's theoretically possible. It's like, no, they put a little legwork in. So I don't know what I'm not willing to like clarify what that really means yet, but it is apparently possible, and I would assume that means Zen 4 is compatible with the Zen 2 I.O. die, which, if that's true, is fascinating. They are the same shape. That's curious. Um, and if that was to happen, that is a way to blunt DDR4 uh, Raptor Lake, which they didn't need to worry about before because they only had a DDR4 platform against Alder Lake anyways. So I don't know. To me, it feels like a, a contingency plan if DDR5, you know, was an issue. I, I kind of think that's what it is, and it probably won't come out. But it is a curious thing because it, it does make you wonder, like, if they should, like what it would cost for them to do it. A lot of work went into making Zen 3 even work on AM4. Like they had whole presentations like tracing and the PCB and how complex it was. Zen 4 uses an entirely new voltage standard. Uh, I thought it was SVI 3 or something. AMD yeah. context will get mad at me or something for not remembering. But so like more work needs to go into it. But outside of that, it does. There's just a part of me too that's like, well, just launch a 16 core 5950 X3D instead like that's you literally just have to pull those from milan x once you start transitioning to their new epic genoa and, and that would be way 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 less legwork i think than working on launching a zen 4 lineup for am4 so again it's like i would say don't bet on it but i wonder 
if they feel like they have to, apparently it's possible, which I find fascinating. Well, but but also doesn't it doesn't wouldn't it make a little bit more sense more at the low end where where they can't uh, you know necessarily compete with with the uh, the cost of AM5 and DDR5? Like getting a low end chip might not make sense. So hey, you know what? Maybe we keep APUs around an AM4 or something like that. I mean, yeah, maybe, but I don't think AM5 is going to be as expensive as people think. I think people should go back and look at reviews for B550. I think the cheapest one was $150 and they went up to 300 X570 was really expensive when it came out. B650 is cheaper to make than B550. And so at first, is there going to be some milking? Of course, there always is with enthusiasts, but I'm telling you, it costs less to make than the previous gen, at least for the X670 Extreme and such. That's cheaper to make than at least at launch X570 was. So I see no reason why they can't have some... I think the biggest issue is DDR5. I think that's the biggest issue. And I think the other reason they would do this is it would end any considerations for existing AM4 owners, which a lot of enthusiasts are, to switch to Raptor Lake. No one's switching to Raptor Lake if they can upgrade to Zen 4 without switching motherboards, I don't think. Hmm. I I just, like for me, I just don't, I just don't get why AMD would, you know, spend resources to service, you know, what is an old socket that should go away and they really should be concentrating on pushing am5 and and because it's going to be a high-end product at first it feels like you just got to make sure that that's that's a success and why why backport it and waste resources on it if it's just a stopgap anyway unless you plan to support it forever it just feels like i agree not a good idea and then you want people on new the new platform you just don't you know it's just a pain and i it feels like just Zen three parts would be awesome. You know, you just, you know, Zen three pricing cuts, but then maybe it's weird because it hurts them. Like if you could get a 5950 X for $350, that might make it kind of harder to sell some of those uh, Zen four parts on AM five. Right. But I, I, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, you know, I think if AMD does anything with Zen four on AM four, the most likely thing they would do, do is launch like a 12 core and that's it or something because that's going to be the worst yields there's not going to be many of them so it's just kind of like i i I, five nanometer yields are incredible like i've heard things Hmm. like they don't even really need to make they don't need to make quad cores they have like not less like one percent i think at most get to quad core yields like they don't need to make them six cores it's like i don't even think it's a fourth like a lot of six cores you buy especially in laptop i'm told are disabled eight cores so they can meet quota for HP or something, which is just sad. But so I think it wouldn't make any sense to send your best yields there. But again, if they launch one 12 core, you know, it's probably going to be more clock speed limited because AM5 has more robust power. You know, like I think what they would then do is like, hey, here's the 105 watt version of the 12 core. It hits 5.4 gigahertz or 5.5 instead of 5.6 to 5.8. And you know what? Uh, You don't need to get anything else. And then you just keep making that the 5800X3D and then the 5700X and you just spit them out at decent prices for anyone who's considering Raptor Lake. And, you know, I think a lot of people would just get a 12 core Zen 4 that clocks 2% lower than upgrade if they wanted to. I might. I might consider upgrading to that from my 3950X so I don't have to buy DDR5. Yeah, but I mean to me that's just it it hurts it hurts the launch of of uh, AM5 because you 
the board makers are going to be like, I mean, I'm sure AM5 will come out and then if this does happen, it'll be later. But it's just like, you, you just got to get everybody to, to move on to the new socket. It's just it's just way too much. I mean, if we're talking maybe eight months from now, I, I just think it's a bad idea. And then it maybe it may it's an indicator or something. I mean, DDR5 is clearly, I mean, the issue, right? Because, but... Probably. And that's why I say it's a contingency plan. And and I think a better contingency plan is, again, just launch the 5950X3D. Like, I mean, it so much less effort. Just use the yields you already have for Milan X chiplets. Just put that on there. And then that's your, just get this. And again, I, I'd probably buy that if it was the right price instead of upgrading to a new platform because I don't need to. Like, that's a way better move, I think, than trying to... I, I, get, it's, it's a, I think it's a contingency plan that they designed in case there was an, they couldn't get DDR5 prices down. But from what I hear, DDR5 prices are going to go down pretty hard this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's come off the mountain to be kind of expensive, but it wasn't like stupid expensive. So I, I, can, I can imagine only getting better and better. So What I'll say is I asked a few OEMs, and they wouldn't give me an exact number because they, you know, they don't want me to leak literally the percentage it is over it. But it's like eleven to twenty-five percent more expensive per gigabyte for OEM. So that is not what we're paying on Newegg right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's where it could be though. If yeah. if uh if supply met demand in the do-it-yourself space. They have OEMs definitely um get first dibs and everything. So you, when you buy it by the by the container, it's a little cheaper. So Well, and they just they just know enthusiasts will pay for it, to be honest. They're yeah. like, they'll pay for it. <laughs> Would you, I mean, do you think a 5950X3D, though, is a problem? Is that going to, isn't that going to hurt the launch of uh, Zen 4 on AM5? I mean, if it, I mean, it feels like it could be like, you have to make sure that that part is not attractive to any of your, your Ryzen 7000 customers, though, right? I mean, if it's that awesome of a chip. Um, I think it depends. We still don't know final performance of Zen 4. All we know is they showed one benchmark where it's like 45% better and one multi-threading benchmark against the Alder Lake i9. And we also know that they've shown it gaming with multiple cores boosting to 5.52 gigahertz. We don't know. Like I've heard of engineering samples that hit 5.8. Another leaker that I think, uh, has a website called Angstronomics that I think actually seems to know what he's talking about most of the time. Says he knows of an engineering sample that hit 5.85. Is this the new Zen 2 will hit 5 gigahertz meme? I don't know. But <laughs> that's why I'm not doubling down on it. It's just an engineering sample, you know. But at the same time, the fact that there's multiple of these engineering samples and the fact that we know in games it's running multiple cores at 5. Point, I mean, we know this thing's going to at least boost to 5.6 single cores, right? It has to. So, right. you know, if you look at that and you're like, well, okay, Zen 3 boosts to 5 gigahertz, and the Zen 3 Vcache version is limited by voltage because it's first-gen Vcache implementation. So it's going to boost a little lower there. And Vcache adds, yeah, okay, in some scenarios it adds like 40% performance, but it's usually like 10 to 15%. Zen 4 is going to come with like, I don't know, 15% higher clocks and like 8% higher IPC. It is going to be better than Vcash on average. And in multi-threading, it's going to blow the Zen 3 Vcash out of the water by up to 50%. So I don't think they have to worry that much. I think you're getting a 5950X3D if you want 
top end gaming performance. You're not going to get DDR5. You're not going to get the integrated graphics. You're not going to get PCIe 5.0. You're not going to get the like. It's still going to be a lot worse. And I think I have seen a lot of people go, "Oh, Zen 4 isn't even better than Zen 3D." It's like, no, it, it will be, and it's going to be much more consistent. There are some benchmarks where Zen 3D is like five percent or zero, one negative one percent. Adding cache adds some latency. There are some apps where it's worse. So. I think Zen 4 is, if it were the same, it's just a better choice. It, but if you have an existing platform, it's a good budget option. Yeah, I guess I just am not sure it tracks that uh, anybody who's even interested in a, a 50, 5950X 3D is the kind of customer like, well, you know what? I'm just going to upgrade because it feels like that that sort of bleeding edge kind of person, they're just naturally going to want the best thing ever. So like there's so, Maybe. Many, there's so many knots. You don't get this. You don't get that. You don't get that. That it feels like. And that's why pricing on it's like tricky and it's almost like, what are they going to sell for 600 or that seems like a weird choice when they're fine. They, Andy hates lowering prices these days. So I I don't, yeah, I don't know. But the one benefit of it is they could keep making it on seven nanometer instead of having to use their five nanometer capacity. So that's something I guess, but yeah, I, it's hard to say. I, I, I just personally don't think it's going to happen. So, oh, I don't either, you know, and I tell people like, don't bet on it. Apparently it's possible. And to me, that's interesting, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if there's, uh, sorry, no, no one knows. I just like, why even have a contingency plan unless they think DDR5 is just going to like actually going to get worse or something like that. To me, it doesn't. Well, these companies have all different types of contingency plans though. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to, right? Because you got to be prepared for it. Um, and since we're on AMD, uh, what about what? What's what's the skinny that you're hearing on RDNA three? Well, that's interesting. Steam I Deck actually... two. Oh yeah, <laughs> Steam Deck two. Well, you know, I leaked something called Little Phoenix or what I called Little Phoenix. I think internally it's actually usually referred to as Phoenix 2, which is interesting because apparently there was a Raven Ridge 2, and that's what was used in those dual-core Dolly APUs. Because I remember when AMD announced those like two years ago, I thought, oh, that's just a cut-down quad-core to two cores. No, they made like a half Dolly, Zen 1, Vega, with only three compute unit thing. And Phoenix 2 is that. It's like, you know, half the cores, eight RDNA 3 compute units. I mean, if we're being honest, what it's doing is pretty much bringing Rembrandt performance, which is their current flagship Zen 3 Plus APU. It's kind of bringing that performance to the Steam Deck form factor because it's on 5 nanometer or 4 nanometer probably. So that's interesting. I, I would say that's out there, but don't. That doesn't confirm a Steam Deck 2 is coming with it. It's up to Valve if they launch a Steam Deck 2 now or later. That's the only thing I would say. Although, you know, talking to my recent guest on Broken Silicon, it does sound like there are some active projects that could make use of it. So, yeah, you know, that's really interesting. But you asked me about RDNA 3. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a big... It's I think it's going to double performance roughly over RDNA 2. Um, I think you're going to look at power usage go up on the very top end, but I don't think it's going to go up for all of them. I think, you know, they've already publicly said even what I said over a year ago, they finally acknowledged it openly. Like, Oh, I think they kind of said it before, to be honest, but that it's 50% higher performance per watt. So what do you guys think that means? I mean, 50% higher performance per watt. The top card's probably going to be 375, 350 Watts. 
they're doubling performance again, upping power usage a little bit on the top end. And uh, that's, I mean, that's really exciting. And I, the most exciting thing for me is the implications of RDNA 4, because from what I hear, RDNA 4 is another at least 50% boost, probably more than that. So it's like, well, what I'm excited about is not performance doubling this year. It's in two years, two and a half years, three years, we'll have four times the performance. At that point, I start to wonder if people care. Like, you know, and, and in fact, I would say that's the generation they should double down on ray tracing. I don't know how much more rasterization we need at that point. My God, y'all have mid-range cards doing 4K 120. Yeah, it does seem pretty damn silly. I mean, maybe high refresh rates, you know, I mean, I guess, but I don't know if that's even, if that even really services that, if that's even going to get us there sometimes, it feels like. But, but like a $600 card does 4K 240. And then remember, this is with FSR 2.0 DLSS, so... That's already helping you. I play at 4K 100 with a 3070. You know, almost every game supports FSR, DLSS. Thankfully, AMD lets my 3070 use FSR. If I turn down a few settings, I was playing Battlefield 2042 last night, 4K 100, every map, you know? And it's like, if you quad... And I have a mid-range card. If you, like, if you give me a mid-range card four times better than this, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. But I'm isn't, good for a while, man. Isn't that performance just because there's no one else on the map? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll have you know they always fill it with AI. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and it's really annoying they do that. <laughs> I just sorry. I I'm a huge like you know. There's Call of Duty folks. There's Battlefield. I'm a I'm a Battlefield person, but I mean clearly kind of heartbroken by how that kind of turned out to be. So oh, the good news is we can all play Vanguard, right? Oh, wait, that sucks, too. Like, there's no good modern shooters. So that's why we play 2042. Cause, and I even saw some people say it in the live chat, like, what sucks is this is the best you get now, unless you want to fight with Jigsaw and Modern Warfare and have to re-download five texture packs because the file system in Modern Warfare doesn't work. I used to play, it doesn't work. The game doesn't work anymore. Like, and it's like oh. loaded with just like girls wearing anime cat ears and like the chainsaw massacre guy holding a P90. It's like a, someone vomited just Ready Player One into Call of Duty and it sucks. That's I can't just, stand it. That's just, yeah, I mean, that just, that's not the whole, you don't play Battlefield for that. And I, I just, I don't know. It's heartbreaking. They almost did it to Battlefield. But they, they backtracked at the last minute. Aren't they, they going to, add, though? That was how they were going to save it. It's like, oh, well, just whatever. But no. No, they, they're even redoing some of the voice acting to sound more serious, cause they, which is like, okay. But, you know, let's see if they actually release more than 20 guns before we celebrate. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, we got the RDNA 3 stuff. We're talking about Ryzen 7000. You talk about your 3070. This is a good time to break into RTX 4000 series, Lovelace. What do you, what's, what's the skinny there? I thought it was July. July? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that was yeah. wrong, huh? It's not July. They could announce it in July. They could announce it right now. I mean, I just put out a video where I have renders of a 4090 Ti out there, and, oh, look, it looks like a 3090 Ti, except slightly thicker. Um, you know, so, uh, Lovelace, I think, you know, again, I think NVIDIA's, you know, their initial goal, I'm told, consistently was to get or at least the estimate from amd's end and the partners of nvidia were expecting something like 66 to 80 percent performance increase over ampere with higher power consumption what does that mean well that means you know a bigger than ampere performance increase but they're going to up power to like 450 watts instead of 350 watts 
Um, and then RDNA three is pretty clearly going to double performance. And so now NVIDIA is shooting for above 450 watts or at least 450 watts for their launch flagship. And yeah, I think uh, most evidence is it's going to roughly double. And I say just roughly double because, you know, what is that? Who knows? 90% more, 110% more. And then I'd expect slightly higher ray tracing than that as well. So, but AMD is going to win the efficiency crown. Like I'm 95% sure of that, that they're going to just wipe the floor in efficiency. Huh. Do you think anybody should, will care though? I mean, most, most gamers only care about frame rate. So I don't know if the efficiency, efficiency thing works on people. Well, AMD could win frame rate too. We'll have to see. Mm -hmm. And I think pricing is going to be interesting because on the one hand, AMD is using advanced packaging tech for their high end. But at the other hand, NVIDIA has got 450 watt plus cards that require like $500. And they're, they're probably using some custom four nanometer node. That's really expensive and giant dies like i don't know that nvidia's is actually any cheaper to make than amd's despite the multi-chiplet approach because it's just such a huge die on a cutting edge node that uses a boatload of energy that thing's going to be expensive but you're giving that you're, you're basically saying it looks like they actually could come out the gate fairly close i mean <sighs> i mean honestly my reading a year ago is AMD is just going to wipe the floor with NVIDIA. And that is not what I thought with RDNA 2. People accuse me of that. But if you go look at my big Navi launch in September of 2020, I said the exact quote was AMD is going to come close and probably beat the 3080, but probably not the 3090. That is what they did. I'm not someone who overhypes it. I'm not the one who said RDNA 3 is going to triple or quadruple performance. I cannot believe those rumors ever got any traction. It's not. But I think we can't rule out you know, roughly double, but my estimate for RDNA 3, the average, I said 90 to 130% increase. I said Lovelace was 80 to 110 or 85, 110, somewhere around there. So I put the AMD average slightly higher. Now, does that mean it's like a tie? NVIDIA wins ray tracing? Maybe. Does that mean AMD actually ends up winning by 10% while using less energy? I don't know, but it's certainly a possibility. I actually think it's possible. And I think you're RDNA 3 for sure launches quarter four. I think NVIDIA is going to try to still launch late quarter three. Well, no, I've actually heard volumes in October. So I've, I'm kind of guessing AMD is like a late October, November launch. NVIDIA is in early October to late December. Huh. They'll paper launch before that, though, for sure. And you won't be able to buy it, guys. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's. I think that's kind of expected for launches these days. Things are still pretty tough, but I, I, I kind of... So Nvidia definitely still first AMD. But I'm to me, I'm kind of surprised because typically, well, I guess if they're ahead for two months, then that's that's a that's a big lead until you know AMD comes out anyway. So right, and I think you're seeing a lot of these. And just every day, there's a new rumor about power usage. All I can say is, a month ago, Nvidia briefed their partners to prepare for a 600 watt 4090 Ti. So that is the plan. Now, could they just launch with a 450-watt 4090 first and then hold the 4090 Ti, maybe because the cooling's having issues and there's power delivery problems with partners? <laughs> maybe. And then that also give them some time to tweak it for competing with the very top AMD card. But, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's going to be interesting to see what NVIDIA decides to do because I don't really care if the 4090 Ti uses 600 watts. I do think that should be the limit, even if I'm not buying it, because that's going to start tripping breakers in American households. But I think 
that if they were to do 600 and then like 350, 400 watts for the 4080, 300 watts for the 4070, that's fine. It sounds like they might push it more, but I, it's like I only see them pushing it more if they think that'll make them win. Because do you really want to like push it that extra 5% to still lose and lose efficiency by like double digits? I don't know. But they might. I, I don't know. I think I think the, the, the typical NVIDIA approach is they don't care about the efficiency. Um, they just want to because they understand the average person, they look at a review, they see the chart, they see the biggest bar is green on top. You know, that whole efficiency thing, people don't even really pay that attention yeah, to. Yeah, some people in the chat are saying they, they, they care. Right? Yeah, they, I know everybody says that. Everybody says that. And then they go like, oh, this bar is bigger. Um, the average person, the average consumer and gamer, they like you know, bigger bar. And, and I, think, I think it's worth it. I, I think it's generally worth it just to be in first place. Even if you're going to lose in efficiency, because I, I I just know, unfortunately, that's how gamers think. Mobile's different, though. Mobile's different. Mobile's very different. But I guess sort of the weird thing now is like we are so far on the edge of the limits of power supplies. Then like if maybe if it's like, oh, I got to buy a new power. I got to buy a 1K or bigger power supply to go with my big 4090 Ti, then maybe people go like, oh, that factors into it. But, you know, and the person who's buying a 4090 Ti, they're not care. They don't care about efficiency. And to be honest, a lot of them, oh, I, I have to buy a 1500 watt power supply now. That's like, oh, that's a bonus. Cause it gives them a reason to go buy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I've seen people say, I guess I'll just build a new PC and you can tell they're like excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, <laughs> and I've done it. I know. <laughs> Because a lot of people don't understand, you know, sometimes they get into the corner if they always go, I want best value, I want most efficiency because, you know, I'm cheap or I don't have the funds. And then you have the crowd that there's a reason why people sell car muscle cars that get, you know, 10 gallon, 10 miles in the gallon, right? And make a lot of noise and because it's fun. So Yeah, but I made some videos where I pushed back on this notion and I said, we're not talking about. 200 watts versus 120 watts. I agree. Who cares? We're talking about a whole new solar system of power usage here. Like, this isn't like, oh, well, this muscle car gets 11 miles to the gallon. Right. But you can still drive for like 100 to 200 miles. Like, once you get, what if a muscle car got two miles to the gallon? I do think that would be a problem. Like, you could only drive down the street. Like, and I do think we're going to see some of the AIB 4090s and 4090Ti's push this i mean we already have a dual 12 pin for what is it the kingpin 3090 ti yeah we're gonna see dual 16 pin king bins that could use a thousand watts with liquid cooling and i'm like you can say you don't care but that heat has to go somewhere and i tested a 3080 ti for a video and i overclocked it to 400 watt power usage and i just stopped there because i'm like i refuse to let a car use more than that and it was a nightmare like and i have air conditioning here i'm fine but it it i think people underestimate what it's going to feel like to have 600 watts of concentrated heat next to their legs no matter how good their house is cooling is it will get hot where you're sitting and if that's to win by 5% and it costs more, I don't know why you're buying this. I've, I would argue it's because it has an NVIDIA sticker, not because you saw the win there. And I, I really think that this is going to be a fascinating generation. We're going to have different 
features, different software, different packaging types, different nodes, different cooling types. We're going to have some people. I think both companies are going to claim some pretty wild wins um, back and forth. And I think they're not going to always be lying. I think AMD is going to be able to point at this and say, look at what we do here. And NVIDIA is going to point and say, we do this here. Yeah, no, and I agree with you there. And, and um, people should just simply buy what fits, you know, their needs, right? So, I mean, even ARC, as much as pe- dump, people dump on ARC, if you're going to get AV1 hardware encode, and I don't know if, you know, next-gen in- NVIDIA and AMD's parts support it. I imagine they will. But, you know, ARC, that's actually kind of like a cool thing out of ARC is the content creation side, so. Yeah, and I mean, that's a whole other thing that I don't I don't think enough people acknowledge is how many of the reviews for Ampere we're like, oh, I'm a creator and look at how well it renders. Like, this is a major factor. But right. what if AMD does some of those apps better? Probably not, but I don't know. Maybe. You know, AMD's packing a lot more teraflops this time. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it would be good for them. But I, I also think a big part of that is, you know, going sending money and engineers down to, you know, Adobe, right? And sending them out to... It's all in the developer relations, like... The reason why Apple and Intel and NVIDIA do so damn well everywhere is because they have the money to spread resources to help these companies run better on their hardware, So, which is what they should do. I mean, frankly, that benefits anybody who uses their hardware. I don't I don't have a beef with that, but I, I think that has been the problem for AMD, even just for, for mobile side. They, you, you, <laughs> you immediately run an NVIDIA card and Premiere just simply runs faster, right? Because they're just... They they're they've been working with Adobe for far longer than AMD has, so it's something people yeah. should consider. I mean, I I used Ampere for that reason. The apps I was using for editing, just I mean, there were some that didn't even use RDNA two when it first came out. Like it straight up had to use the CPU to render and encode things. That changed though, half a year after it came out, and it has gotten better. I've tested AMD cards again. Yeah, and I've heard some people in the professional space say AMD's actually getting there. They just knew. It's going to take time to get the software there. So I think AMD is going to try to make a big push this gen in the professional space compared to last gen. Will it keep up with NVIDIA? I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, NVIDIA has got that mind share there. Right. Um, what I'm interested in is what happens with ray tracing, because that would be the funny thing is if AMD won that. Like, that's the, that's the big coup <laughs> that if they pulled off. And I've heard some wild things that about... Would, my God, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? That would be like... That would be a total flip. <laughs> I, I, that's why it's like it's so weird because that's, well, does that does that change things? Because if AMD is suddenly better with ray tracing, does the entire community who has been saying for a solid <laughs> three years that ray tracing is a waste of time, you shouldn't be even doing this? Are they going to suddenly like, oh my god, I love ray tracing because now <laughs> AMD is doing it, and now the people who are like been saying ray tracing is 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 like, oh, it's the best thing ever. You need this. I think it's like, well, it's not that important. You know, we think there's performance. You know, I, I kind of wonder if like the fan bases are going to now suddenly like argue the exact opposite that they were have been arguing for three years. So, well, I think you, we already know the answer. <laughs> Cinebench, classic answer. with Zen two. You know, Cinebench was all of a sudden the most important thing to AMD, and then it was about real world usage for Intel, and all of a sudden, Cinebench is the only app anyone uses with Alder Lake. So. Yeah. I think we already know what's going to happen there. I think you already can see, I, I pointed this out in some video a few months ago. I think you can already see NVIDIA laying the groundwork for how they're going to market things if they need to. Like, I want to pull this up, actually, because I'm wondering if it still looks the same. RTX 
30, let's just do 3070 NVIDIA. Cause if you go to AMD's website, it's just all specs. It's for dorks. You know, it's like, yeah. look at our effective bandwidth infinity cache. They break it down. Um, and if I go to NVIDIA and look at their advertising here, well, actually they just, their new advertising is restocked and reloaded, which is interesting. Cause um, you can buy the damn Yeah, we have more. You can buy the damn We made more. Finally. People. So, Okay. Right, and I did do this in a video. Now, if I put an RTX or RX six seven hundred XT on AMD.com, this is such a stark difference in marketing. You go to their website, and it just an exploded view of the graphics card performance to dominate, engineered for gamers. Up front, they're showing frame rates. They're showing how they beat the competition at multiple things. They have a full spec sheet that's actually really specific about pixel, even pixel fill rate, all of this really specific stuff. You go to NVIDIA's, no specs, only on GeForce, most realistic and immersive graphics, DLSS, NVIDIA Reflex, world-renowned driver support, built for live <laughs> streaming. NVIDIA's already laying the groundwork for, you buy us for the software. So I think we know what NVIDIA is going to do if they lose. Like, you just... Yeah. Go down. You've got PC World. Apparently, you guys said the 3070 is a spectacular option. Uh, stellar performance. Uh, you see all I wish these. I quotes. had one. <laughs> I mean, I just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and I can't find the specs anywhere. And it's all about. Yep, there's an entire page about drivers, like the best experience for every game. Day one driver support, creative developer support. And in AMD, it, it's just about the bar charts. So I think what NVIDIA is going to do is just say, hey, look, man, are you really going to buy AMD? You trust us, right? It's yeah. going to be better. I Yeah, and, and that is their strength because, I mean, they have the, the software and, you know, the, the, the integration with the develop, develop Everything just like the whole – it's a total package. I mean, they're really – and I understand why – People just That's probably simply, what they'll use as their tagline. They'll say NVIDIA Lovelace, the total package. Yeah, I mean, but you know, people, <laughs> when you talk about AMD, there's a, I, and, and we'll suggest it, and there's really a lot of like, ooh, I don't know, you know, drivers are bad from, you know, that, that kind of whole thing just hangs around their neck for, for years. And I, I understand because it's, it's clever because, and then maybe it just sort of speaks to the larger sort of gamer ecosystem that NVIDIA is marketing to, whereas AMD has got to play this gorilla like nerd game where look at our bar charts and look at this and look at this blah 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 kind of stuff so i just i'm still wrapping my brain around the actual possibility that that radeon will be better for ray tracing than i didn't say that i, no I mean one put a gun up to my head yeah, i don't I know said, i mean I, I i don't have a firm number on it i just and same for nvidia and i feel like some of the whispers i heard about ampere only half of them ended up true when it comes to ray tracing performance so i want to like learn yeah, from experience yeah, it, to not overhype it but I think it's very possible AMD triples ray tracing from where they are. <clears throat> okay. So they get close where they are now, but that's still, they're still quite a bit behind. Yeah. But I mean, to me, like, even if they're like similar performance, it's a pretty big win because it feels like they'll still sell every bit that they can of their, you know, 20% of the market. So, well, and also think about like 
NVIDIA has the benefit of they were the only ray tracing cards for like two years. Everything was built with NVIDIA in mind. Right. And now all the consoles have ray tracing. Some of the most impressive ray tracing in terms of performance per you know actual frame rate that you can play at has been spider-man and ratchet and clank and spider-man and let's be honest probably ratchet and clank eventually well actually we'll have to see because that's the one they claim it needs a special ssd uh spider-man's coming to pc so i can't wait to see how spider-man performs and ray tracing on pc and if you look at games that were developed with amd in mind like resident evil 8 ray tracing performance is very competitive so i think we also have to consider that RDNA 3 is going to launch into an environment where devs have had a few years to get used to AMD's ray tracing implementation as well. Right. And that's actually been one of the sort of the, the things they've been laying out for a while. It's like, look, you're going to everybody optimizes for us because they've optimized for consoles. So it will be a very interesting matchup. But then if you're a developer, you go like, well, 80 percent of PCs run NVIDIA and 98% of them that have really good ray tracing support generally are NVIDIA. So we're going to make sure it damn well runs really well there too. So I, I guess that's, that could, you know, developers, they like money. So I kind of wonder if that, that'll be it, you know, if that's going to influence how they, they optimize. Well, I mean, what AMD needs to do is just do the same thing NVIDIA is and start paying off devs. I mean, guys, just pay for the support. Just do it. You're going to have to eventually. And from what I'm hearing, they kind of are, or at least yeah. they're willing to put money down to help them implement things directly and doing less of the old AMD attitude of just like, ours is easier and open source, so you like us more, right? right. And they're like, no, we like this money over here, <laughs> actually. Uh, yeah, and you know, I know people get really upset about it, but I mean, there's you know what? It's hard to make these things. And if you have somebody who understands the hardware coming in to help you, are you going to say no? And then as a gamer, you benefit from it if you have a card. So I, I can't say it's necessarily, you know, over the line or anything because it ultimately it's about getting, you know, the consumer's better performance. So I, 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 I think sometimes people are like, oh, no, you shouldn't really you shouldn't you shouldn't really be like tilting this in any way. It's like, I just want to sell the damn game and make as much money as I can. So. Well, actually, I talked to a developer, Brian Heemskirk, about this whole approach from AMD, and he had some interesting insight into it. His opinion was the problem is, especially with FSR 1.0, that AMD would approach devs and say, this is really easy to add to the game at the last minute. And they said, hey, if the game works, uh, we just want it to ship without bugs. Yeah. And it's the, actually the fact that NVIDIA forced them to implement it directly into the code in the pipeline early on. That is why dlss keeps getting adoption is because they're happy to add it early if you help them they don't want to tack on anything last minute because it could cause bugs and fsr 2.0 is implemented in a much more similar way to dlss so i think they're gonna have more and then of course if they're helping them implement fsr 2.0 for sure there's some guy there making sure their ray tracing works so i think amd is figuring that out though i will say that and and it is interesting to think about how their open and cheap approach actually might have been hurting their adoption because they fundamentally didn't understand how devs think huh no that's a really fair point because i mean the whole point of making it open and making it easy was has what what they've been preaching for years and years and years but <laughs> developers it's like every single product made in the world nobody ever gives you enough time to make anything so you gotta hit that deadline and ship it so yeah that was broken silicon 145 for anyone listening and that's a podcast broken silicon you can find it on your favorite you uh favorite uh podcast uh service anywhere <laughs> anywhere absolutely but you know all right cool 
Should we take questions? Yeah, let's get to some questions. I'm sure there's a lot of questions. And oh, we got, we got a lot of questions. We got a lot, a lot of, of questions super chats. I'm going to go through the super chats first. A oh. uh, little rapid fire here. Uh, some of them are a little off topic, so it just be kind of fun. Uh, friend of the show, VC Jester, thank you so much. Gave us a five dollar super chat uh, and said, "What is better for gaming, Tom? Uh, controller or keyboard? Keyboard and mouse?" <laughs> uh i don't know why you uh, does, doesn't anyone have to use both i mean if you're playing an rts you have to use keyboard and mouse if you're using a, playing a fighting game or something you're not playing metal gear solid revengeance or metal gear revengeance with a keyboard and mouse that's going to be a nightmare so yeah i use both and uh i'll, I'll be honest i come from uh, playing a lot of competitive socom so mm, it's like someone who nice. played halo on xbox I'm used to using controller, to be honest, but I like using both. And it depends on the game. I find Valve games, I like using keyboard and mouse a lot. It's just, oh, they nail that, like, response time stuff. Same with, like, Doom or, uh, what is another, or, like, uh, things made by Bethesda Studios. Like, I think Fallout 4 sucks with a controller. It's just, it's the input lag's horrible. Half of the time, it's if the devs do a good job with either one to be honest like mm-hmm. i've seen some devs just do horrible controller implementation like with far cry on pc where it's like it doesn't work like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm really noticing that with uh, the steam deck and trying out a bunch of games on there yeah you can definitely tell <laughs> the people who had good controller support oh really yeah no. <laughs> okay um <clears throat> uh vc jester also gave us another two dollar super chat thank you so much said uh <laughs> any rumors on the new alien movie uh, well, well uh, here, here's a better question. Do you prefer Alien or Aliens? Tom? Are you asking me? Yes, I mean, Tom. I think the first one's a classic, oh, so I'm just going to yes, go with that. Yes. But you, what do you Woo-hoo! prefer, though? <laughs> like I've seen like... Aliens. <laughs> oh, oh, yes! I just... Oh, Tom, yeah, yes, thank I you. I kind of ignored it, actually, oh, but I've heard, people, it, I've heard people on other podcasts recently talking about it curiously. Oh, so. interesting. So you don't like action movies, is what you're saying. Things where there's... Oh, I like action happening. movies a lot. I like John Wick, Atomic Blonde. I liked, I mean, the recent... Uh, Ridley Scott makes Ridley Scott's hit and miss, but he makes a lot of good movies. And then there's um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's the one with uh, Charlie Theron in a desert. Why do I not remember this movie? Oh, that Mad was, Max. Mad yeah. Max. Mad Max. That was, that was, was one of my fan. favorites. That's one one movie where the actual like remake is actually. I, I know it's going to offend a lot of Mad Max fans, but I think it's significantly better than. I do too. The I think it's not even close, actually. Yeah, it's not not even not nice. even close. All right, uh, it's just a long-standing debate: uh, alien versus aliens. So I uh, guess I can't really answer, but no, I mean that's a great that's a great answer. So alien, probably... alien, yeah, aliens a great answer. Uh, Matthew Anderson gave us a ten dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Said I play um, uh, RTS uh, in sim games like City Skylines uh, and host a Minecraft modded server. Um, where they need a fast single core. Uh, from what what we currently know, do you think uh, would you prefer Raptor Lake or Zen Four will win for games like that? <laughs> See, this is so interesting. I didn't even get into this point. Is if you're talking about literally single core, if it's not using AVX five twelve, and I mean not even single core. Are you talking? I assume he means single thread. Then probably Raptor Lake will win if you buy the most expensive one. But remember, it's not using chiplets. You're going to have to get the best yields. You're going to have to get that i9 to win by like 10% at that. I don't know, though. We don't know how high the clock speeds will get with Zen 4. If they hit 
six gigahertz or something insane. Who knows? But I, I mean, and I just and the reason I bring that up is remember single thread is different than like four core. And I've seen a lot of people bring up like games need single threading. Yes, but there are some games now where it starts to even out to where your quad core performance is actually most important. So I do think people need to remember that like if Raptor Lake hits, say, 5.6 gigahertz, 5.7 gigahertz on one thread, the rest of the threads are probably hitting 5.3, 5.4. AMD has already shown a game running all cores running the game at 5.52. So what if AMD runs all cores to 5.5 with one model? Intel runs one core higher while running it it might be more murky than people think in Hmm. gaming performance is kind of what i want to point out running a server with literally one thread i don't know probably raptor lake i would point also want to point out that if you are if you are concentrating so much on your cpu and you're building a gaming machine then you're doing it wrong you should be worrying about your gpu more than your also how much better does this server need to be man get a raptor lake i3 for a hundred dollars is what i would recommend and just Oh, no, it's 10% worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're talking about a server. Sorry, I missed that part. Uh, yeah, well, it was, it was two things, Sims, games, and uh, oh, uh, modded server. Uh, all right, we got a uh, $25 super chat. Thank you so, so, so much from uh, Mike Quinton uh, and said, uh, after after I brought my, after I bought a party hat, joy buzzer, and fan horn for ARC, where is it? We, we kind of covered that a little bit, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I forgot to say one thing. Arc was manufactured in February. Like I know the factory dates for each SOC, so and it was should have been done in production by like March. So just so everyone knows, where is it? It's in a warehouse somewhere. Oh, you mean like an Indiana Jones box kind of like they have them what they'll do is they'll they'll have a warehouse with the dies before they were added to the PCB and they're just sitting there. (laughs) The drivers aren't done, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, and then uh, Nathan Means gave us a $5 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, with the current, and the, this is what we were talking about, the 40 series, uh, with the current climate, puns intended, having a low power card with better AI upscaling will be the low to mid tier winner this gen, uh, in their opinion. So, um, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. when. I, I think we can all agree, though, with CPUs like we did it. Like Zen 3 got to the point where it's like, are we even really... You have i3s now. I had hardware numbers on. He does a lot of interesting like 5 to 6 gigahertz performance per clock or IPC testing. Like he's found things like, in fact, at 6 gigahertz, Rocket Lake and Comet Lake have the same IPC. At 5 gigahertz, Zen Plus and Zen 2 have the same IPC. It's why Zen 2 doesn't hit 5 gigahertz. It wouldn't have performed better. Like, And Zen 4 actually scales IPC higher like Alder Lake does, and that's why they're pushing clock speeds now. Um, I think it's interesting to think about, like, then if you look at, like, an Alder Lake quad-core i3, it outperforms the 8700K. Like, I think we have enough CPU performance for gaming, guys. <laughs> and I wonder when GPUs get there, too. And he's like, whichever one is better AI upscaling. Yeah, but, like, what if with FSR 2.0 and DLSS 2.3 or 3.0 eventually, we just have every card running 4K 120? I don't know. At that point, isn't it whichever one uses less energy and costs less? I, I, don't, I think it's going to be more complicated than just, like, Again, like oh, DLSS is ten percent better, so I'm buying it. That's a good point. I mean, I I do feel like you know I I have like a I run a thirty eighty, and I'm just like yeah. I mo- <laughs> when when do I need more power? I I don't really need more more power, so I'm not like oh man, I can't wait for forty series personally. 
But oh, come on! You know what? The, the day it comes, and I and everybody will say that I got plenty of power. The day that they come out with the with the the charts that are the bars will be bigger and all the marketing jazz, people are like, oh my god, I got to have that now. I, don't I, I know everybody rate, says I don't have higher, It's not like a, like I literally am like capped. You know, <laughs> and I so just like I can't go any further. I, I will say for for work applications, I, I've been using DaVinci Resolve. That's where I'm definitely seeing a lot of GPU power and, and could use more GPU power on my editing rig. <laughs> That's for damn sure. So I mean, yeah, I think like the 4060 is probably going to be as good as a 3080 or close at least. And I think the 40. I'm pulling up my leak. I think the chart. I think I estimate like the 4070 is gonna be notably better than a 3090 or at least as good as a 3090 ti so it's just i don't know i mean that's i mean once i think people will be excited when they see stuff like that because i mean think of the long the bar is going to get yeah. in you know <laughs> yeah i thought that seems like it is hard to believe that it's like going to be that significant of a jump but we'll they're going know, from right? samsung 8 nanometer yeah to tsmc 4 nanometer with the same die size upping power consumption. I think it's quite plausible it actually does double performance. So, yeah, screw your 3080, Adam. I mean, the, the game's still going to be... It's not going to get any higher. <laughs> uh, but work application, for damn sure. Uh, our new tech had a question for when you were talking earlier. Uh, asked, is, is AMD in the future uh, betting on even smaller devices? Uh, so smaller chips for, like, onboard VR. You were talking about that earlier. Steam Deck, things like that. So I highly, highly, highly recommend, again... I think it's Broken Silicon 159, the one that dropped today, where me and Sally as Bradley talk about what he knows. And he said he, I, I hope I'm not paraphrasing wrong, but like I think he effectively said he does a lot of data mining for like drivers and like he, he does a couple contacts at Valve, it seems like. And he says that there are references to a lot of the VR code in the Steam Deck now and that upcoming stuff have that. And that the Deckard, which is the follow-up to the Index, according to him, is kind of organized the same as the Quest 2. So they'll have like an XR2 SOC, but they're going to mostly use that for processing like the hand movement and stuff. Like they're going to do all... That way your desktop doesn't have to do all of the camera processing, hand processing, spatial like following. And then it can just it's not actually there to run games on the XR2. That's just doing that processing. And then you plug in a USB-C potentially to a module on the back of your head you can mount that might have a Phoenix APU. And the beauty of that would be that Phoenix APU micro gaming desktop could be used by itself. You could plug it into a monitor. I mean, you know, big Phoenix, if they were to use that, is going to be probably about as strong as... Oh, it'll be at least as strong as a 480 or something, probably a little bit better than that. And so, yeah, that's a pretty cool micro deck of cards PC, and that could be powered by battery. And so you could buy this headset that does all the processing itself. You hook it up either to your desktop or laptop or to their own self-contained thing that mounts on the back of your head. And then you've got an X86, so it can run all Steam VR games natively, Quest 2 competitor. And so, like, that's what I find fascinating because that is a brilliant idea that actually makes sense to me for them because Valve's a small company, but they can sell them separately. So you don't need to upgrade your VR part every time. Maybe you just get a new, you go from Phoenix to Strix APU a year later. 
you could just get, you could use that as a personal gaming PC without the VR headset. So yeah, I think that there's a lot of evidence they're building an OS not just for Steam Decks, but an OS for running a VR device, which is fascinating. And again, all of this means better Linux support, and you don't need to necessarily use Windows, which I think is badly needed to compete with Microsoft. That would be cool. Well. Uh, we got a question from uh, another question from VC Jester. Uh, do you think Zen Four will handle six gigahertz memory clock speeds? I uh, probably. I mean, what isn't there? I forgot what it. I, I, yeah, I think Phoenix can. Already, yeah. So I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like you know the XMP standard or whatever, but yes, like six thousand mega transfers per second. Sure. Yeah, I, I'd be very yeah. If you overclock it for sure, Alder Lake can, and it's supposed to clock higher than Alder Lake's memory controller. So yeah, there's there's no reason to indicate it would be even you know worse. So <laughs> uh, we got one over here, uh, Soul, Soul Assassin. Uh, if I sell my RTX twenty eighty, what card? Uh, if they if they're able to get uh, a card under four hundred dollars. What should they get? A 3060, 3060 Ti, 2080 Super, or 6700 XT, in your opinion? I mean, whatever is the best price performance. Um, I think that low-end Lovelace might actually be interesting. Like, I think the 4050 could is going to be as strong as a 3060, at least, which is kind of crazy to think about. But is that going to be below 300? I don't know. I think NVIDIA is probably going to charge at least 300 for it. And is that coming out this year? No. The the, the, the 4050 won't come out till mid-next year, probably at the soonest. So what I would recommend is make sure you have a backup card. For a little bit, that was the 6500 XT because it's the only one in stock. But now you can get... Again, if you can get a... Tw- a th- even though I kind of hated it at first, if you can get a 3050 for around $250. I actually think it's a totally serviceable temporary card. And if you just hold on to that, I mean, I really think there's going to be like 3070s for below 400 in a few months. I really do, like on the used market. Like it's I think there. we're going to, yeah. it's I think it's good at 300 or lower. So I think if you really are going to go for price performance use, 3070s is going to be the way to go. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we got a couple more here, and then uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, Dark Helmet over on our our Discord uh, asked: Is there any chance of a twenty four core, forty eight thread Zen four on AM five? Perhaps something truly quad channel requiring four dims. Why would AMD do that? Why wouldn't they just launch Threadripper? Right? Everyone keeps saying that too, and I'm just like. It doesn't need quad channel memory. First of all, uh, dual channel is enough for the performance they have with 16 cores on Zen 3, I think dual, it's not even really dual channels, dual dim DDR5 is more than enough bandwidth for possibly 24 cores or more. I think Zen 3, I mean, Zen 5 is going to probably go up to like maybe 32 or more cores. So I, I don't know. Do I think there, there's no evidence they're launching <clears throat> any 24 core anytime soon. It's 16 cores right now on AM5. Yeah. And it's, it's, pro- it's probably hard to justify for most people anyway except to you know and if you're sort of there just move on up to a you know a big socket you know which i i i keep hearing more and more whispers even though they've neglected it threadripper is coming back they say so uh early next year i guess first half of next year supposedly and then also intel is going to have a 24 core fish hawk falls 
mainstream workstation platform. So that'll be 24 Golden Cove cores with quad channel memory. So that's again, like, but I think if you want more cores, you probably definitely want more IO. So I don't think who needs more than 16 cores on desktop. I, I don't really think you do. Just give me more per core performance. Yeah. I mean, I think for honestly, 16 is probably too much, you know, except, you know, you're sort of like, if you're doing a, a, a cheap person's render box. So, which is, yeah, what I have. And it's like, also, I kind of got it because I was just excited. I was like, I can't believe. Four, oh, I was, when I got the 3950X, I'm like, three years ago, the top end was 10 cores for 1,700 or four cores. <laughs> and I'm holding a 16 core with higher performance per core than what we had before. I was just, for me, it was just like a hallmark of history to own that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, the funny thing is when 5950X launched and it was $750, man, I heard a lot of people just complain too. Like, my God, why is it so expensive? It's like, what? <laughs> like, like, did you remember that? People were like, well, you should, this should have been $500. It's like, what are you like? Are you, do you not pay attention to what has, you know, what remember, you could Remember, AMD is a charity, you know. I call, <laughs> there's this, there's a group of um particularly deranged AMD fanboys that I call the AMD masochists. These are self-flagellating, kind of like Silas and the Da Vinci Code, <laughs> AMD fanboys <laughs> that are only happy if AMD's losing and they can be better than you and self-righteous. These are these self-righteous people that are only happy when they can pretend they're extra smart for being the only guy who owns an amd pc but if amd is actually killing it actually making money then now amd is evil even though they're charging 750 dollars for 16 cores well nvidia i mean well intel is charging like a thousand dollars for 10 cores but yeah sure amd is evil go whip yourself in the back and tell everyone you know amd is only good if it brings pain to you <laughs> these are the people who will defend bulldozer until they die i and i will say because i still have people who are like yeah bulldozer was great it's like um no these Did are the you... silas types they're just whipping themselves they want to feel pain and be the only one who owns amd you know but i just i think i understand that because you know i am i even though they're no longer in my hometown city i i'm an oakland raiders fan so i <laughs> You know, and, and unless you're getting, unless the league is out to get you and cheating you out of something, then you don't feel good, right? If like, if you actually achieved greatness and won something, you would, you would, you would be looking for what's wrong. I guess that's very similar. It's like you sort of it, like. It's not enough for them to be right. They also have to be a better person than you for being right. And suffering. that's the type of AMD fanboy it is. And, and they are always yeah and suffering and they're always attacking everyone they hate the intel fanboys and then all of a sudden they hate you for hyping up amd too much and not being they're just very unhappy people <laughs> so you, you have just described a raiders fan that is like a, a raiders fan to a t like everything every like people say i i talk in the comments too much but this is where i go to get my informed opinions on different <laughs> types of fanboys i just can't help myself no I, and i'm with you there because i i i I've, I've been on a mission to try to get people to be rational and understanding sometimes and i i i have so far not won that one so but it's it's getting people are very good you know i mean that's why uh i think we've we've done some good here in in helping to help uh, people understand people things more so yeah uh one last question uh, before we go this this is 
piggybacks off, off what we were just talking about. Uh, Chris Niddle asked, uh, please ask Tom what sort of performance he needs from a new architecture before he'll upgrade his 3950X rig. Um, well, I mean, I can sell the 3950X CPU, I think, for like 300 to $400 used right now, which is interesting. So if there was a 5950X 3D for a, a, below 800 and it's like, oh, I'm paying... 300 400 net to double performance per core i would consider it i've got 37 33 megahertz ddr4 32 gigabytes it's fast ram and i have enough of it um but to upgrade it's like i I don't know i've got a 4k 120 hertz display and my 3950x isn't exactly showing its age right now and it also is a good fclk overclocker which if you push that infinity fabric clock on zen 2 a lot it actually gets closer to zen 3 and per core per clock performance than you'd think so i don't know it's what i keep telling people is these companies at least amd intel i don't know what's going on anymore are not sitting still like they've always got new stuff coming out you know zen 4 is going to be a bigger launch or a bigger performance increase than Zen 3 was. And I think Zen 5 is going to be a Zen 2-like moment where they do massive single threading and big core count increases and a bunch of accelerators. So do I get Zen 5? I don't know. I've already leaked that Venice is the name of Epic Zen 6, and that one sounds like it's got like hybrid memory. And like, who even knows like what apps will be using? Will there be games that make use of neural engines by then and I'll have wanted to have waited for a better neural engine? I think what it would take is just something laughably better, and I have the time. Like, frankly, I, I, I've everything so perfectly set up on my desktop. I do most of the stuff myself, and a lot of what I do is just the, the reason I put out so much content is I've streamlined everything to take as little time as possible. So th- to put my desktop out of commission for, let's be honest, probably a week while I make sure everything's organized and working well. That's a big ask of me. So it would have to also correspond with like where I have a vacation and a vacation. I don't want to spend on a beach, but like <laughs> going, why isn't this booting at the right Ram memory? So like, why is this not accepting XMP? Boy, that's some vacation, huh? Yeah. Be just like dug into your guts, hands in your machine. That's, that's, that's where that's a vacation. That's, that's, that's the fun part. That's why most people just don't want to screw around with their machines once it's working. So, <laughs> Someone says he'll upgrade when he's forced to install Windows 11. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's when I'll do it. Like when I'm literally forced to oh. dragging and screaming. Oh. Hopefully that's not for Yeah, a see, while. That, that hit a little too close to home. Yeah. It's like maybe. Oh. Hmm. Yikes. All right. Well, cool. Gordon, take us out of here. Okay. Uh, I just, again, want to point out uh, Moore's Law is Dead YouTube channel. Go on to YouTube. Uh, find Moore's Law is Dead channel. Click subscribe. Click on the bell, as everybody says. And, of course, if you use a podcast app, Broken Silicon is a way to hear it audio. I was listening to it on my car on the way in as I, I sat in San Francisco traffic, so I highly want to recommend that. But uh, uh, check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, and please leave a review every time you do. Uh, an AMD and Raiders fan will complain bitterly about something. <laughs> Saying questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon with Tom with uh, Moore's Law is Dead. Yes, and thank you for having me. <laughs> I'll talk at the end. Yes, thanks for everyone uh, for listening. 
And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Yeah, thank you, Tom, for being on. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to, to get you on again soon. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for awesome uh, chat and uh, for tuning into the show. We, we will see you next week. Uh, and bye. Bye.